0: All right.
1: And welcome to Draw, Loser, Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partic Thistle. I wonder if this might be go down in Thistle Archive as an historical moment, because both David and Matt are not on the, pa- on the podcast this week. We've finally staged our takeover and we're looking forward to a podcast, maybe without golf and Doctor Who, but actually we've got a bumper panel to make sure that would never that that would never be the case and these things will always be brought up on a part of podcast without further ado i'm going to introduce our lineup this week so joining me first is reese Haldane. reese how are you
2: i'm very well thanks heather i'm looking forward to this one tonight it's always a lot more fun when when you're hosting i mean when when we've picked up three points but uh, it should be a good one
1: i'm living on cloud nine right now thank you for that reese jamie mcdonald is here jamie are you well
3: um, thank you. It's good to be back again. Nice to be asked, are you well as well? Matt doesn't do that. Big panel rotation, big three points. Let's go.
1: Six points, Jamie, because remember the, the Thistle Women's Team won as well. Finally, we have Tom Hosey joining us this week. I just want to shout out Tom for another fantastic programme. Uh, I'm not just saying that because draw, lose or draw. And her Game 2 got, um, and the Jazz Foundation. Oh, wow. Triple threat for me got a massive shout out. But just overall, back in match days, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Tom, great to see you. I know you're recovering after a Ryder Cup. A weekend how are you?
4: I'm very good thank you thanks for the the kind comments about the program We're very much appreciated and looking forward to this talking about not just the Ryder Cup but a fantastic weekend for Thistle with both the men's team and the women's team winning and not conceding a goal into the process so all good.
1: Um, As part of listening to some of our fan feedback, we're not going to ask Reese straight away about the starting lineup. That will come, as promised, in the programme, but not quite yet. My icebreaker today is the fact that um, it was her Game 2 weekend, and one of the most popular things that we had, apart from the tablet and Tom, don't worry, I've got a few ones spare, and I will make sure to find you soon to to pass that on to you. But one of the biggest draws was um, the glitter tattoos we put on about 60 or 70 shout out kirsten she was absolutely incredible the queen of glitter but it made me think if you were to get a thistle tattoo what would you get and where it doesn't have to be glitter don't worry though these glitter tattoos are not coming off and i've had four showers so please don't come at us but anyway jamie what what thistle tattoo would you get and why and where
3: have to be something to do a crystal and just get kd9 or something where would i get it Mm, nowhere too visible in case I regretted it so I don't know somewhere my, I could say my ankle or something maybe like the top of my arm or something so you can hide it underneath your sleeve if you don't like it but it's still there but yeah Crystal nice safe answer but he has to go
1: I was going to say it was it was safe but it's an absolute winner you never lose of Crystal and Reese, what about you what, where would your tattoo be and why
2: bit of a boring answer from me but I always, I always say that I quite like to get a a leg sleeve at some point Uh, like my full leg done Um, I don't think I'd actually get a thistle badge like the actual crest or anything but I think that if I'd incorporate a thistle somewhere like a a realistic thistle somewhere a bit of a a space filler with a bit of meaning do you know what I mean instead of just the official club badge but that would be my answer pretty boring pretty self-explanatory it's just a thistle but yeah
1: you mean you aren't getting party Thistle Boing Boing? Oh, I'm quite shocked. Uh, Tom, what about you?
4: Well, I'm not a great fan of pain. And that's has always kind of put me off getting a tattoo. Because I've always wanted a Beatles tattoo. I've always wanted a John Lennon tattoo. But I've never been brave enough to get one. So I suppose I've had a gun put against my head and said, look, you've got to get a Thistle tattoo. Or I agreed to get one if we won promotion. It would have to be dead boring. It would have to just be one of the a club badge, probably. And probably maybe my, nothing too prominent, maybe my inside of my arm, maybe something like that. Pretty boring, really. I'm not going to go for a big, big giant thistle on my back or anything like that, or Chris Erskine or anything like that. Just a wee logo somewhere, a wee badge.
1: Very understated, and I actually I'm, I am kind of gutted that David's not here, as I feel David would have gone wild. And um, I'll say I remember. um I mean, this is this this is a really great thing to bring up One Direction on um on a Drawers or Draw podcast. But when One Direction were were still together, they had they did like to tattoo roulette, and they got with James Corden, and they got the one of them Harry Styles got the Late Late Show. Um, on his like forearm so maybe I'd go for draw loser draw on their match Harry is like my favourite podcast my favourite tv show so there we go and um, I think that's enough I don't mind if you have skipped forward this bit and you're just buzzing to hear about Reese's thoughts on the starting 11 so Reese, a bit of a change this week Scott Robinson in and Gwena in and our new signing Nathan McGinley in in the starting 16 what were your thoughts about the change after what could only be described as an absolutely shocking day for Hill the week before.
2: Yeah, well, um, I was half expecting Ingwenna to come in. That, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Ingwenna in for Xander um, McKenzie, and we got that, so I was pretty pleased. And obviously, Scott Robinson came in. I, I wouldn't, if it was my team, I probably wouldn't have had the balls to, to just bring Scott Robinson in, but. Dylan's a guy who makes the choices and it, uh, it paid off. It was a it was a great decision to start Robinson and fair enough, he's he's been deserving of a start. He's, he's done well every time off the bench. Has a lot of energy, gets himself about, um, and we probably actually lacked that just in behind Groom, someone that links the play between the midfield and and the forward line. So it worked perfectly, um, and I thought Robinson was was excellent. Yeah, you know Stanway has been brilliant this season, so I don't think it's necessarily the case of look like, you've been dropped. It's just he's, he just hurt nineteen year old the other week. You can't expect him to play every week, um, and I'm sure he he won't mind either with Robinson coming in for a start. So yeah, positive all round in terms of uh, signing in Nathan McGinley. Um, it's it's not one that I've got too much of an opinion on. I know a lot of people are sort of writing them off already when because you see people going, oh my mother, my mother will supporting mate says he's not great or he lacks confidence he's, he's not been that good this season but I say to everyone I was like you can never judge off that because we can genuinely go and sign Cristiano Ronaldo or a top top footballer whoever it is we can go and sign someone who's done it at any level and there's always naysayers and the replies there's always people got something bad to say um, the only time I've never seen it was when we signed Harry Milne there, was there wasn't a single bad word about Harry Milne but you sign anyone and there's there's bad comments and I don't think I don't think it's a bad sign. I actually think it's quite a good sign. And twenty-seven year old played at a, a very decent level. Played for Middlesbrough before. Uh, he's had he played um in League Two with Forest Green Rovers. He's played for plenty against for Motherwell. I think he's played about forty games for them. And he became fifth in the premiership. So he's he's coming down a league. And people were saying, Oh, but he wasn't getting a game for Motherwell. And then I turned around and said to someone, I was like, So if we signed Ricky Lamy, you'd probably be quite buzzing with that, wouldn't you? And they're like, Aye, aye, he's wet inside New Dundee. Well, I said, well, he wasn't getting a game with Motherwell last season either. So I think it's a fine signing. And obviously, primarily left-back, I don't think he'll be playing left-back for us. I think he'll be sort of um, back up at the left side, the centre-half for, for Lewis Nielsen. But yeah, I think it's a decent enough signing. Another one to bulk the squad a bit and it's a position that we needed covering. So I'm happy with it and I'll, I'll give my, I'll give further opinions when I've seen him in a thistle jersey.
1: Absolutely. I mean, talking about the way that people have reacted, um, I mean, people were writing off Scott McDonald when we signed him and, you know, he saved us that season. So I think you're right. I think, I mean, also seeing just there that Lewis Nielsen has been selected for the under 21 uh, Scotland squad again, which is absolutely fantastic. Congratulations to him. It is good to know that we do have that cover when they inevitably get injured on international duty. Jamie, I'm gonna ask you just overall about how we like how you felt like we played on Saturday. Did you see a major change from the way that we set up against our broth and what you thought maybe Crystal's approach was to the game?
3: Oh, 100%. It was definitely a big change just in the our overall play. You know, we really lacked intensity against our broth. Just stupid, stupid errors like misplacing passes constantly. Just our distribution was poor all day, and it was just you couldn't say anyone had a good game, but. I thought it was the complete opposite on Saturday. I think everybody had a good game. There was solid, consistent performances across the park. And some players were unbelievable, I thought, on Saturday. Care McEnroy was fantastic in the middle of the park. Stevie Lawless, once again, having one of his games. I thought Fitzy was good as well. And Gwena as well, I thought Slott did very well at right back. So I don't think anyone had a bad game. The way we set up, I think Reese mentioned earlier, Robinson coming in, that's Maybe, I, I don't know about a risky shot because Stanley has been good. I know he wasn't great last week but no one was but he has been very good this season. But Robinson came in and scored a goal and I think he's looked pretty tidy and most times he's come off the bench. Like remember Martin Morton he came off the bench and got that assist for one of Graham's goals and was just quite a tidy player and he's come on. And he's looked quite neat on the ball and I'm glad for him to get his first goal, hopefully the first of many. But yeah, just overall I thought it was a fantastic performance and care McEnroy, he's someone that I wanted to sign last season. I know it didn't happen but he's here now and He's a player I think we've just got to enjoy him while he's at the club because he's a great player and I think he's destined for bigger things than potentially the Scottish Premiership at some point. He's still quite young and he's only about 23 or something and he just uses his frame so well to shield the ball and move it on and he's a real goal threat as well. It's already three goals from him this season. He's wrapped up a couple of assists as well. So, yeah, what a player he is and I'm glad to see us back to winning ways. Looks like last week was just a blip, hopefully. I'll be interested to see how we line up against Inverness next week.
1: Tom, did you think there was a change of mindset in the way that we um approached the game compared to like the lack of creativity and things that we saw the week before?
4: I think we certainly started on the front foot on Saturday, which we didn't against our growth. I think you could tell quite early on in the our growth game that it wasn't going to be our day. And I think on Saturday you could tell quite early on that it was maybe was going to be our day. Certainly we were much more positive. I'm not sure if it was so much a change in our approach as maybe a different approach from the opposition, because our growth basically stopped you from playing. Um, they kind of dictated how the pace of the game and the tempo of the game. Dunfermline didn't. Dunfermline are a bit more open, and I think when the opposition come at us a bit more, that suits us. And I think their approach played into our hands to a certain extent. I mean, I don't think it was a A wonderful performance. I think it was a good performance, not a wonderful performance. There was moments that could easily have gone against us. He got the first goal It could have been a very different afternoon. And he had certainly had a right good chance at 0-0. But I think I was a wee bit anxious about McGwenya coming in and playing at right back because he's obviously primarily left sided, but I thought he did okay. I thought he probably did better than okay. I think he's a quick player, and I think His pace might cover up the lack of positional sense at times. I think it was a very good decision to bring in Scott Robinson. I think he's a very clever, very intelligent player. He plays that bit closer to Brian Graham, so Big Brian wasn't quite as isolated up front. All in, it was a very positive afternoon. Um, We probably could have scored another couple as well, which would have just been the icing on the cake.
1: I think you're right I think there was a certain point in the game I think maybe at 1-0 at half time, I was thinking I really want us to get another goal here just to shore this up and I didn't feel that we were absolutely clinical but then the way that we managed to move forward in the second half and the I think you're right I think there was a bit more open the gaps were there and I also think it just took a little bit of time for Lawless and Nguenna to just Find each other and and work together, which is natural, is you know he's so used to Jack McMillan. Reese, I'm going to come to you just about some of the goals and the creative links and just anything that you noticed that you thought was a big improvement on Saturday.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot to to be pleased about with, with how things went on Saturday. But just I just want to touch on what you're saying there um, about going in one 0 at half time. Stephen Lawless is a very lucky man that we actually ended up riding out pretty comfortably because. That chip just before half time, just knock it past the keeper and it's a comfy game. Um, but that, that's when you're in form and you've got that confidence. You think you can do, you think you're capable of anything. And, and I, to be fair, I don't blame him. Nine nine times out of ten, you know what Stephen Lawless is capable of. But in that time, you just want him to roll that past the keeper. But thankfully, it didn't really matter in the end. And, and like you guys were saying, it could have been more comfortable. But three now. Definitely didn't flatter us. I think we're well worth the victory. It's always good. Big Brian with another goal, eight for the season already. McEnroe you know, is absolutely excellent. I think that's one of the best I've seen him as well. We're just he's everywhere. I, and I know I know Matt said before on the pod that he thinks like he's more physical than technical. I don't. I wouldn't even say so. I just think he's he's got he uses his body so well, but he's technically ridiculous as well. The way he passes the ball, the way he strikes the ball is brilliant. as he's like an absolutely fantastic footballer. And I'm enjoying watching them with us. Um, and and I know like the likes of McEnroy on loan, and Nguyen on loan. I know a lot of people are never too keen on loan players because they always say, "Why not just develop their own?" But I think these guys that we have on loan are almost here with a view to becoming first players. Because I don't necessarily think that Gwena is going to make the breakthrough at Aberdeen, and he just turned 21 last week. And I remember saying to you guys in the chat, I'd be pretty happy having keeping Gwena on next season. I know it's very early days. But just nourishing him into being a, a good Thistle player. He, can, he looks comfy on the left and the right-hand side. And, you know, we're not going to have McMillan and Milne forever. So I think you can build him up and and progress him into being a good player. There's there's a lot of potential in the squad right now. It's a young squad. I always forget, you actually forget how young Fitz he is. And I thought he was absolutely excellent at the weekend as well. But does absolutely excellent for, for Big Brian's goal. But uh, honestly, I great all round. Even guys off the bench, told me again. We're well, unlucky not to. He likes to come on at three nil and, and score the fourth because he was close to it again. So I very very happy. Um, I don't think there was any failures again. And I always seem to be saying that when we when we win games, there's never any failures because we seem to win so comfortably. I, I don't I don't really remember many games at all this season or many games under dueling, actually where we've we've just snuck a one 0 We always seem when we do win, we seem to win pretty comfortably um know that I'm complaining I hope that, that 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 continues but yeah it was a good performance and it's got me buzzing again for Saturday I, I know I knew that Arbroath was just a blip or maybe I'm just saying that now but honestly it's it's got me right up for it again
1: can't wait for Arbroath which was just a blip to be clipped and and played later as the the David Forrest way always is Jamie did you see a defensive improvement from Saturday, and what about a word on your favourite goalkeeper, Jamie Sneddon?
3: Yeah, I thought there was a defensive improvement, definitely. I mean, the obvious is that we didn't concede. I think I only really remember Dunfermline having one big chance, and it was, I think it was 0 at this point. It was that ball into the box, and is it McCann heads it wide? That was quite a big chance, and that maybe wasn't the best bit of defending, but apart from that, I thought we defended pretty resolutely. I think someone who hasn't got a huge amount of praise since playing, but has been very solid throughout, is Lewis Nielsen. I know obviously it's been mentioned already. He's been called up and he's been good. I think for us, very solid, and he looks quite comfortable on the ball. I wouldn't say he's like he's not an exact type for type replacement for, for like Holt, who's someone who could very easily carry the ball out and get involved in the attack. But he does look relatively comfortable on the ball as compared to maybe Wasi earlier in this season when he was looking a bit a bit shaky in possession. But I think he was quite comfortable, and yeah, I just thought overall the defense was pretty solid. Jamie Nedden he didn't really have a huge amount to do during the game, but I thought he was fine. He commanded his box well, made the saves he had to make, and his distribution was all right as well. I don't think it was his best game because he didn't have a huge amount to do, but he certainly wasn't poor either. So I'm sure you're happy to have games like that. To be honest, games where he doesn't have to do too much and can rack up another clean sheet to his record. And I was happy to see his keep a clean sheet because a couple of times this season we've conceded some really really sloppy goals. So it was good to see us keep another clean sheet. I think it's only the second of the season, so happy to see that and hopefully. Star more. I can't really see that defensive unit changing apart from McMillan. Probably will come back in for Nguenya. And I was saying in the chat, I feel quite bad for Kieran Nguenya because I think he basically every time puts in a pretty solid performance but then gets dropped the next game because he either gets dropped from Milan or McMillan. So it's, it's a tough position for him to be in, but it's not definitely not a bad backup option to have when they come in and they play well every time.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I voted for, I thought Harry Milne was um, one of the best players we had last season, but I would say if Keenan Nguyenha continues to play the, the way he is, I would say potentially, you know, obviously Harry Milne had his wee blip against Morton and things, that potentially there's a chance for Nguyenha just to, you know, to keep to keep ploughing there. And if it's not on Macmillan's side, potentially being hot on the heels of Harry Milne, I don't see that being w- without possibility. Tom, what was your favourite goal from uh, Saturday? And is there anyone who impressed you that you want to shout out?
4: Uh, Of the three goals, which one impressed me the most, I think. Probably the third one, just purely because that, you know, you get your 3-0 up and you're almost home and and dry at that point. Why not kind of shout out the substitutes? I thought the substitutes all made a very positive contribution when they, they came on imagine being a defender, you haven't been coping with Big Brian all afternoon and suddenly Tommy Adelaide comes on and he's got pace and he's got power. I thought he was unlucky not to score. I think he probably should have had a penalty as well. I thought Wes McDonald was decent when he came on. Again, he was a wee bit unlucky not to score. Um, he's not a player that we've seen an awful lot of, but I quite like the wee snippets of him that we have seen. And it's good to know that you've got an option that can come off the bench and you can play both on the left side and the right side so hopefully at some stage or other he'll get a decent run in the team um, I also thought and he's not obviously a universally popular player since he came here but I thought Blair Alston did quite well when he came off the bench albeit it was it was fairly late on and the game was more or less won by that stage
1: How much did Matt pay you to say that Tom? <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, not a penny. That was all off my own back, but I thought it might be a bit of a controversial take.
1: <laughs> Reese sent a great video to us. Uh, was, it on, was it yesterday, Reese, of Blair Alston's touch uh, near the end of the game? And uh, I don't think Reese and I will be agreeing with your comment, but I mean, everyone watches this with different goggles on, and um he certainly, he certainly didn't concede when he came on, which is a difference. But don't Reece, do you have anything to say about the Blair Alston fan club that's starting?
2: See, the thing is, I want Blair Alston to do well. I never want any physical physical player not to do well. But I, just, I don't think he was great when he came on. I thought he gave the ball away a couple of times, but he's probably better than he, he was normally. But you're three now up at that point, as Tom says, you're kind of home and dry. And it's fine to be bringing guys that on. I'm actually glad that Ben Williamson got a run out because he's kind of fell out the picture. And I thought he'd done fine to, to begin his fiscal career. Because you remember the games that he played in, we were, we were taking the lead then we fell out the games. And we always fell out when he was getting substituted off with cramp. So I thought he'd done fine and I'm glad to see him getting back amongst the, the action. So I agree with what Tom's saying. I thought all the subs done relatively well. Uh, in particular, West McDonald as well, because a lot of people, he's kind of got the same thing that Nathan McGinley's getting, where people are writing him off already and they, he's barely kicked a ball. I, I don't understand that. So I, I'm, I'm happy to see him come on and, and look positive. So, yeah, I, ho- I hope that all the guys who are substitutes are, are, are hot on heels of the guys ahead of them and, and continue to put on the pressure.
1: I think it's also extremely exciting to know that when... We do inevitably have some injuries or people out for suspensions, that there is definitely a, a strong bench forming and there and, and and also a bench that can change games. I think maybe at the start of the season there was a little bit, it was a bit too samey, the same player just coming on for the same player. But you know, Wes McDonald, Tommy Adelaide, they will they'll change games and they'll change our approach. And I think that's really exciting to look at. Uh, I'm going to touch on something that Tom talked about and just about the, about penalties and the overall refereeing performance. Now, I'm not going to go in and slate a referee, but I would and I'm not a Dunfermline fan either, even though I am currently in Fife. But um, I did think that Dunfermline potentially had a bit of a right to be quite raging of the ref. I thought he just decided to like just give no fouls at certain points. And uh, Harry Milne's acting when uh, after he got hit was it was very enjoyable. Like he got a gunshot wind. but Jamie, I don't know if you had I've had a look back on it. I know you do love to to watch Jag on after. Did you think that maybe Dunfermline or us deserved a penalty or a bit more from the ref in general?
3: See, when I was watching the game live from the, I was in the Jackie Osmond, and you couldn't really tell. For the first penalty shout, I don't think was. When I seen it back, I think that would have been pretty soft that was given. The handball, I don't know, from the Jags' own highlights, again, it's the Jackie Osmond side, so it's kind of hard to see. But I watched it from the Dunfermline side, and this is definitely for red and yellow glasses. But I don't think it's the strongest shout, as they're saying. But yet again, I'd be calling it if it was for us. So make it that way, you will. I think... It's one of those ones the ref can get, but sometimes they won't. But Milne's arm is in at his side when he does it. I mean, Milne turns around and holds his stomach. because <laughs> of his hit there, which I thought was quite funny, because it definitely didn't. It kind of, like, his arm's in at his side, and he kind of, like, moves side-on onto the ball, so his shoulder's kind of facing the Dunfermline player, and it, like, hits his, like, elbow, but his elbow is tucked in at his side. And I think the rule's something about artificial, like, it's, like, to make your body bigger or something. So, but if your arm's in at your side, you're not making your body any bigger, so... Is it a penalty? Is it not? I don't know. But I can see why they would be
2: raging about it.
1: Reese, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I thought the
2: the general performance of the referee, like you say, it was a bit. It was kind of letting the game flow, flow at times. And I don't mind that, to be fair. And I felt like we were kind of getting the better of his decisions, which is which is a mad thing to say. I don't think it was a penalty. I was in the North Stand, um, and obviously their reaction makes you think, oh, he's definitely handballed that. And almost like the motion of Milnes. Body like the movement of Milne makes it look like a penalty, but I've only watched it back on the Dunfermline highlights as well. I don't think it's a penalty watching that back. I think I don't think he's made his body any bigger and it's hit right at him kind of thing. So I don't I don't even think it is a penalty. But you know that was always going to be their excuse because they they were miles off it. And actually, fair play to James McPake because he he did come out and say if we did get a penalty it might change the game. But to be honest, we didn't deserve it because they were they were miles off it and we were we were really good on the day. So. I I don't think it was a penalty. Um, I thought at first through the red and yellow uh, tinted glasses again. I thought at first Tommy's was a penalty. I've not seen it back though, um, but I, I'll shout for it. And when a fiddle player going in the box,
1: yeah, I think also for me, as I mean, a very low grade of a hockey referee but usually when players react in a certain way who've maybe been closer to the situation you normally think something must have happened and it was just the way that all the Dunfermline fa- uh, players sorry went absolutely mental and ran towards the referee of open arms I felt to me I thought oh gosh like that mu- it almost must be but I, I, I do agree that I from watching it back it is hard to tell but from Harry Milne's reaction and the Dunfermline player reaction, I would have been inclined to think it was. Tom, what do you think?
4: I'm sure it's just kind of echoing what you're saying there. I mean, I'm not sure whether it was a penalty or not. It was, I mean, the back of the Jackie Husband stand, it wasn't the best angle, but the reaction from the Dunfermline players had me worried. It didn't strike me as it was a hopeful appeal for a penalty. It was, they were adamant it was a penalty. Um, And I think it was probably quite a pivotal moment in the, the game because if my memory serves me correct I think Milne had already been booked at that point so presumably he'd have been penalised he'd have got another yellow card for the handball so they would have had a penalty which you would imagine we'd probably have converted we'd have been down to 10 so that was quite I think quite an important moment in the game in general and just in general I thought the referee was, was pretty poor on, on Saturday not just to one side or the other, just in general, I thought he was very, very poor.
1: Yeah, I think I think that wasn't a good day at the office for him, but a great day at the office for Thistle on Saturday. Um, I'm just going to touch really, really quickly on um, the Her Game 2 aspect of Saturday. And I want to say firstly, a massive thank you to anyone and everyone who came along to see us before and the Aitken suite to people who clapped the uh, amazing Her Game 2 mascots onto the pitch and celebrated with them when they scored their penalties with Kingsley at halftime. It's also a massive, massive thank you to everyone who donated to Glasgow Clyde Rape Crisis. We have still have not determined how much money we have raised for them, but I know that Top at hospitality was auctioned for over 450 pounds, which is absolutely incredible and so generous. But also I know that the buckets from helping Kirsten carry them uh on Saturday, that they are pretty full. So a really massive thank you to people as I know it's not the easiest time at the moment, money-wise, and that people were able to give to such an incredible charity. We had the director, Claudia, and her colleague Paula with us and they would never well Paula had never been to a football game before and just how welcome they felt and just how supported I think they're totally overwhelmed by it so a massive thank you for that Uh, we obviously touched on the glitter tattoos but um, just in general it was such a great vibe and a really positive atmosphere throughout I know it hasn't always been the case just in general for females in sports. So it was just super to have such a welcoming and opening open environment there. I also want to say a massive thank you to a lot of people who contributed to our um, online threads when we were talking about Obviously, the the players had come out and talked about their their wives and their loved ones and what they do to support them in the game. But also us as fans talked about maybe female supporters or mums or sisters or uh, partners who are just as much crazy thistle fans or football fans as um, as anyone else and how that inspires them so we really at Her Game too. we loved seeing those and uh, thank you for those contributions. I also just want to touch on thanking um, Patrick Thistle um, and hospitality in particular, Brian Welsh for giving me a chance to go and do a kind of Elwood's monologue. Um, about hospitality when we presented in Fitzpatrick with man of the match. It was um a really great moment for for myself and Kirsten and my niece Evie. Um, we we went up there and it was just it was amazing. So thank you to everyone who has made it such a heartwarming experience. And um, we look forward. Now that is I have to say. That the two games that her game two have been the um dedicated fixture. We've won both games 3 0. And um Kirsten did say yesterday she was like, Well, if we ever get to a playoff final again, it better be a her game two fixture. So um we'll see what we can do. But um just overall, thank you so much um for everyone being so supportive of that. We are going to go to um talking about the women's game. We, it was a fantastic Sunday at Peters Hill at four o'clock, and they were playing Spartans, who they have previously they lost against a few weeks ago in a quite a, a quite a tough match, and I think the girls were quite disappointed after that. Tom, I know you were there as well, and um, how would you sum up the game? Obviously, Cara and um, Lindsay got goals, and it was a super turnout as well.
4: Yeah, I've got a wee confession. Um, the first 20 minutes or so, my mind was less in S- Peters Hill Park in Springburn than the Marco Simone golf course in Rome, because I was trying to watch both the game and Europe winning the Ryder Cup in my laptop. So the first 20 minutes, I I'll be a bit hazy on. Um, just one thing I wanted to mention before kind of talking about the game. There was just a tremendous atmosphere at Peters Hill Park on Sunday. Um, the crowd was... 237, which perhaps doesn't seem like a huge crowd, but when I first started going in the Party Thistle women's team matches, the attendance would be intense. You're talking, if you were lucky, you would maybe have 50 and that would be friends and families of the players largely. So 237, that is quite a jump and it's a sign, I think, of the support that was starting to grow up at Petersil. And it's such a positive atmosphere. Kids, dog friendly. It was it was really, really good to see. So that was the kind of first kind of thing I took away from, from yesterday's game. On the pitch, you mentioned Tether that they'd lost to, to Spartans in the league. And I think that result did kind of hurt them. I don't think they were at their best that night. It was a horrible night up at, at Peasy that night. So I think there was maybe a sense of, if not revenge, then redemption, trying to kind of just show what they are capable of again. And I thought they pretty much dominated the game from, from start to finish. They played a lot of good football. And it did look at one point as if they were just going to be going in at half time at 0-0. But cracking free kick from the corner of the box, a super header from Cara Henderson. And I think that's her up to, to I think it's seven now for the season for Cara. And Another cracking goal in the second half, cross from the right from Cody Hay. Really good header from Lindsay Taylor. And I think at that point it was as good as over. Probably could have scored maybe a few more. I think maybe three, four, nothing would have been a more accurate reflection of how we dominated the game. But it was good to see them bounce back. The last game was, I think it was about a fortnight ago, and they got a bit of a, a drubbing off a very, very impressive heart side. They looked quite a tired side that afternoon, so I think the the break for the international break came at a good time for us. And they looked they looked refreshed and eager again on Sunday, and it was it was a very positive afternoon. And hopefully the, the draw for the next round will be quite kind to us because it'd be good it'd be good for the profile of the club if we could get another good run in a cup competition.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think I mean um, Brian Graham managed to get on to Twitter with his um with using the classic phrase in the hat for um for the next round. But I totally remember what you were saying. It was a great crowd, a really great atmosphere people uh, the the wee crowd of the young of the young children at the back starting their chants it was just absolutely fantastic a high a personal highlight for me was my niece Ruby making her way onto the pitch during the game and have and seen my brother like almost having to tackle her off it so Ruby obviously fancies herself as a Thistle women's player in the future but uh, what an inspiration our women's team are and for so many young uh, young people not just young girls I think uh, they, the, the togetherness that they have the way that they set up I also think it was um, you can tell having Rachel back Rachel Donaldson is just a, an absolute win for them and you think for getting into the latter stages of the cup having your, your best team fit is definitely um, a, great, um, a great way forward and congratulations to them thank you so much to Caroline and Vinny Craig and Neil for everyone for supporting us on the day and just making us feel so welcome at her game too. It was also really great to have Harry Mill, Mason McCready, James Lyon, and Gary Fraser joining us. Um, they were so supportive and it was just great to see. And I do hope, as Tom says, that the crowd at Peter's Hill continues to grow and that people um really get interested in. In the women's game they play so well and um, and they really deserve the the love and support from um from the thistle fans we've got some listener questions and i say listener questions of an asterisk because they're just from one person and they're from some and, and it's and it's our usual fantastic incredible host so jamie i've been asked to ask you from the boss matt greer for a doctor who trailer summary please
3: it does look very good Uh, I think it's only about a month or something until the episode's come out, so I am very excited. I'm hoping there's going to be one or two other things that haven't been in the trailer that are going to be in the episode. Some people coming back, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see. It doesn't like to give away too much. It's been, like, ten months since the previous teaser, so, yeah, hopefully a few more things will come out this month, a couple more actors, and coming back into it, Might see return of Martha. I hope Wilf is in it as well. I hope he's not been cut, because... Bernard Crippen's died halfway through filming, so I'm not sure if they're going to be cutting his scenes, but hopefully not. Hopefully there's some sort of reference to him being in it. And yeah, very excited for it. And I'm sure Matt is as well.
1: He certainly is. And there's a follow-up question to that for Reese. And uh, Reese, would you rather watch a full season of Doctor Who or watch the Ryder Cup? <sighs>
2: it's probably <clears throat> Doctor Who, because I used to watch Doctor Who when I was young but i've not watched it since i was young young but i did like it at a point in time and i've never liked golf yet because i feel like golf is maybe something that I might mature into i never used to like pickles but i don't mind a gherkin in do you know what i mean so these things come with time um it's never too late i hope maybe one day i'll i'll see what what years i'll see um and i might be missing out but f- for now i'd probably i'll probably have to sit for a doctor Who.
1: Absolutely fantastic. If any listeners would like to recommend Reese um uh, to Reese, sorry, what season he should watch, then please feel free. I'm now going to pass over to David and Matt, who is going to be talking about pie of the month.
0: She's my- That's so- Arctic Hi, yeah. Hello, and welcome to everybody's favourite segment, Pie of the Month. Joining me for, for this week's segment is a, is a famous salt and chilli chicken curry pie. It, it says it's doing well. And also joining me is David Forrest. David, how are you? I love how you say
5: everyone's favourite segment, and what you mean is my favourite segment.
0: Yes. <laughs> Like somebody yeah. said. Somebody said it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, thank you once again to Pie Sports for for sending these these pies for us to try on the podcast. They were available at Saturday's game. They'll be available for Hill for the rest of the month. So I'm going to try the pie, and let like David and the listeners know how it is.
5: But before we do it, um, I just wanted to talk about this. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but um, they were handing out. Um, somebody posted it for hill i think they're in the media part but they get given like i swear to god like a two-page D character sheet about this pie <laughs> <laughs> so i i thought i would i would give him um, all the the listeners a, a little lesson in pie lore um as you get ready to eat the pie would you like me to read out um the backstory of the of this pie the the character arc i would
0: love you to david because i've just taken a pie out of the oven so will give it an, enough time to cool down so please <laughs> right. do
5: Viral UK street food cake craze, Salt and Chili, comes to a pie near you with Pie Sports. Pie Sports are the undisputed icons of all things pie, and they've launched the latest viral taste sensation. We give you the Salt and Chili Chicken Curry Pie, available at a football ground near you or to your home with the Pie Mail service. This frankly ridiculous product brings together the hottest flavour profiles in the UK right now. Salt and chilli chicken is huge, and curry sauce makes it even better. So our pals at Pie Sports have devoted months of their lives to tasting and developing the ultimate pie, and this is what they have created. Chunks of rich, tender, flavoursome chicken, flaky, delicious pastry, and just the right amount of sauce and spice to make a moist but structurally sound pie. <laughs> uh, there's, oh, there's so more. Pie Sports Joe Aitken, taster and chief said at Pie oh Sports... God. We love good, simple food, and the pie is the ultimate example of that. The difference is we want to elevate it, make it the very best pie it can possibly be. All of our varieties are created with this in mind, using premium ingredients, serious development and tasting and strict quality control. Street food, street food is huge now, and we wanted to give the humble football pie the same treatment street food traders have done with different global cuisines. We are really p- proud of the results. And we hope everyone enjoys our latest edition, the very long-awaited salt and chilli chicken curry pie. Pie Sports are the country's leading purveyors of quality traditional football pies, but with a twist. Flavours cover many bases, from steak and gravy to the bonkers but brilliant kebab pie, plus a vegetarian macaroni pie, the classic vegan and a brand new salt and chilli chicken curry. They're on sale at St. Merrin and Party Festival from Pie Sports kiosks with more grounds around Scotland and New UK in talks. I love the idea of them being in talks. You know, it's a come get me, please. <laughs> uh, Stuart McGregor will be on the phone trying to secure their services for other places.
0: <laughs> I want to know how you become a, a taster, or a, the dream, the chief taster at Pie Spot. So I work in a very uh, sort of morale sapping, um, relentless job. Totally to all. This, <laughs> my listening. And that that is the absolute dream i'm open to offers there so last month we tried the, the steak and sausage pie which I, I i ranked pretty highly david it wasn't as good as the kebab pie the kebab pie is still king but i'm going to cut this pie up um again another one for the asmr sickles so you're going to hear me cut this pie up and then take a bite and then i'll, I'll give you my thoughts right I chuckled at your um, structurally sound description of this pie, David, because tasty as all of Pie Sports' offerings are, structurally sound is, is maybe not the description I would go with. But
4: we've got a bit on a fork,
0: and here we go. Holy moly! Holy moly!
5: I mean, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on it. I've, I've not had one, but we went to the game on Saturday. I was with Kieran, Damon McCluskey and Mark and Smurf, and a bunch of them got this pie, and you can smell it from about eight miles away. I'm not joking. Like, it, at least about three rows down, you can smell it laughing at you. It's a big boy. It's a very uh, big look, boy.
0: It's a, seri- it's a serious player in the pie game, right? <laughs> I, I'm not I'm going to caveat this, right? I'm not a huge curry sauce guy. I think if you put curry sauce on like chips you're a pervert but this i I am what i am a huge fan of david is the salt and chili craze that pie sports speak of and wow (laughs) that salt and chili has really enhanced the curry sauce we talked about ratios on last week this this is about as close to perfect in the ratios as you can get the sauce the flavor the meat the pastry it's all there david is it as good as a kebab pie
2: that's the question
0: you know what, this is, we've not done this before on, on Pie of the Month. I'm going to have another bite just to, just to confirm oh. my beliefs. I don't want to commit to something silly after just one bite, David, but look, this is a serious pie. You know what, David, I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. Incredible. In fact, right. Let let me let me revisit that. Right. I'm giving it a ten out of ten if you eat it in your house. I'm maybe giving yes. it a nine point eight two if you eat it in a football stadium, because I, I can get... imagine this, this this is a you can't wear some you can't wear white. You can't wear jeans that you're fond of. You know, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed in with cutlery to a football stadium. Like the far house stewards will probably stop you. But everything else, David, I, I can't flaw anything else to do with this part. It's getting a nine point eight two from this
5: corner. Incredible. I, I, I would like to echo the feedback of, um, I get quite, quite a bit of feedback from people. I'm a man on the ground, on the beat, you know, asking people on the scene. Um, and they, they all said, they're like, it's it's undignified to eat at a football stadium. <laughs> like, it, again, you can't wear white. Like, there's a, there's a kid that's a couple of rows in front of me who wears, like, a signed shirt to games, which I think is madness, by the way. But that's another thing, you know, it's a way they can't we can't just too much. But like you could, you couldn't eat this with that. Like absolutely you know. not. You're you're. That that signature is washing straight off. Um, if you if you eat this pie with it. But yeah, um, salt and chili mania is running wild. Um, and
4: I'm you here for it. it.
0: Yes. <laughs> pie sports, thank you. <laughs> and remember, you can get ten percent off pie sports orders online using the discount code DLD10. Russell. Partick Thistle.
1: Partick Thistle. We have got a very exciting and unheard of thing for Thistle fans coming up, which is a Saturday. Away to Inverness. I'm sure Jamie will be able to tell me at some point over the next few days, or maybe in maybe in the space of this podcast, how long it's been since we played Inverness on a Saturday. But Jamie, I'll come to you and ask any changes for Inverness. Are you looking forward to it? And um, do you think they maybe have the new manager bounce? What What are your thoughts for Inverness?
3: Yeah, the new manager bounce is something they probably will have. Because Duncan Ferguson's obviously come in, quite a big character, quite a big personality, it got a lot of media attention. They got their first win of the season our both, even though it did, I think they were 3 0 up and it ended being 3 2, so they still seem to be quite kind of leaky at the back. we have seen quite a few goals so far this season. Changes to the team, I don't think there'll be many, if any, apart from Jamie Mellon coming in, probably for Kieran Nguenya, which again is a bit harsh on Nguenya, but I can't see Mellon not playing if he's fully fit and if he's able to. Uh yeah, I can't see any other changes to the team apart from that. I think he'll stick with the same midfield because McEnroy and Robinson both put in a really good shift on um, Saturday. So I don't see why there would be any changes there apart from any injuries, which hopefully doesn't happen in forcing changes. And the last time we played Inverness on in a Saturday, I don't even know actually. I don't think we played them once on a Saturday last year. I could be wrong about that. In the 21-22 season, we definitely did play them on a Saturday. I think the start of the season at some point I think we, the one we lost 3 1 was Scott Tiffany scored, 1 0 up at half time. We conceded that absolute P roller from Kurt Broadfoot, and then the ball bounced over Sneddon from one of the other ones. Terrible game. We might have played on a Saturday since then. That's the last one I remember up I though.
1: Thank you. Tom, are you looking forward to the Saturday game? And um, do you think any changes to the starting line up?
4: I'm looking forward to Saturday's game. Jamie's dead right. That was the last Saturday game up there, was the I was going to refer to it as the Jamie Sneddon afternoon. But that's, I think that's four in a trot we've had up there on a Friday night. So I'm just looking forward to travelling up in daylight for a change. I can't see there being any changes other than Jack McMillan coming back in at right back. I'm also hoping that Inverness have had their manager, new manager bounce on Saturday. I wasn't expecting them to win at Arbroath. I was very impressed with Arbroath at Farrell. And I think I think Duncan Ferguson will probably do quite a good job there. I think he was quite well regarded as a coach at Everton. And I don't think you're going to be well thought of as a coach at that level without having something about him. But what I don't think you can do is turn a poor squad into a decent squad within the space of a week to 10 days. They'll certainly be fired up, and I think they'll come at us. And again not dissimilar to Saturday, I think that might that might suit us. So I'm not always the most optimistic, but I'm really quite optimistic about Saturday. I'm fully expecting us to go up there and I think we'll win, and I think we'll win quite comfortably. I think it'll be a, a 2-0 or a 3-1, something like that. David's going to play that back if we get humped, aren't we?
1: Absolutely, that's his bread and butter, and that's why we love him, Tom. Rhys, I'll ask you about what you think for Saturday and then you can kick us off with a score prediction.
2: Yeah, I've got to agree with much like what Tom was saying. You know, I I don't know how much of it was Inverness playing really well at the weekend there or whether they were just really keen to impress Duncan Ferguson. Um, And like Tom said, he's he's a well-regarded coach at Everton, but he wasn't too good at Forest Green. But you know that's that's kind of like a a club that's not like any other club, when, for for many a reason. So I don't know. I don't know if that was that was a blip in his career or what. But his managerial record is <clears throat> is not very good. So he comes obviously with a big name and a, a big a big personality, but I'm not too sure about his his managerial credentials. He's not got much to go off yet. So been interesting game, and I do think that um, obviously the Inverness players will be keen to impress him. Um, obviously. Watching the highlights back, I, I watched the Inverness via Abrof highlights and the they arse very nearly fell out of Inverness towards the end of that game. Obviously, Arbroath got a couple of goals back and uh, it looked a bit shaky towards the end. So I think that they'll they'll try and start on the front foot again. You know, their first game at home under a new manager. They'll be trying to impress the fans as well, showing them that a bit of fight turn things around. Um, and I think that, that, more often than not, will play into our hands. will open up a bit of space for us. And we we actually have if I remember correctly, I think I'm sure we do have a semi decent record there. I remember it a few times getting enjoyable winds up that neck of the woods, and I, as you say, like, I really like going up to Inverness, and and obviously until until recently, I liked going up to Ross County as well. I always like going up to the Highlands. It's there's a it gives me a sense of nostalgia, and I don't know why. I just feel it just it's a, it's a feel good factor going up there on the bus and stuff, and it's it's always. It's always pretty a pretty good day. So, yeah, I'm real re- looking forward to it. And I do fancy as well. And I'm going to say something wild right now. I'm going to say a 4-1 win for Party 8
1: That is certainly wild indeed, but I love it. Jamie, a score prediction from you.
3: I'm backing us for a win as well, I think. I know Inverness did get the first win last week. As I said earlier, I think they still are shipping a lot of goals out we're scoring a lot of goals right now as well. So it's a pretty good combination. I'm hoping we can keep another clean sheet, but I don't feel it for some reason. But I still think we're going to get the win. So I'm going to say we win 3-1. One less goal than Reese, but I still back us to get that win. And I'm backing Kerr um, McEnroy to continue the scoring form, get another goal.
1: Fantastic. And Tom, what about you?
4: Um, I think I'm going to go for... 3-1 to the to the proper thistle. And I think it'll be a fairly comfortable 3-1. I expect Brian to be amongst the goals. I think it'll be quite similar to maybe the game that Air United. I think there'll be times when they will have us under pressure. But I think if our attacking players that are on song, I think we'll be ultimately, and fingers crossed, we'll ultimately be too good for them.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I'm actually going to back us for a clean sheet. I'm going to go... A repeat of of Saturday. I'm going to go for three nil Thistle. We do enjoy uh, a game against Inverness over the last few years, and I think that we will will come up trumps again. Thank you so much um, to everyone for joining us. And for those of you who don't enjoy Partridge Thistle, then you can skip ahead and enjoy it uh, Sylvia Focus in in the next few minutes. So for Partridge Thistle this week, it is Ryder Cup themed as Tom and I are and obviously Matt in absentia are uh, big golf fans. And um, I can't believe it was quite poor planning to plan her game two weekend over that, meaning that I didn't really get to see a lot of the golf. But what I did, it was fantastic. But the biggest thing that was in the news on Saturday was the big fight between Rory McIlroy and Joel Cava, who's um, Cantley's caddy. Um, and well, and what what we saw obviously well if and I say obviously but if you haven't seen it uh, you can go and look it up um they're all waving their hat eh, well Cantley's caddy is waving his hat Rory gets angry feels like he's distracted and um and it spills over into the car park so we have a kind of war of words between a very a, a very um agitated Rory McIlroy um. One of the um one one of the caddies, and then Shane Lowry has to pull them apart and say right, come on let's let's focus on the game, let's focus on the win, and thank goodness that Europe did do that, and we did win, but in a kind of spat in a car park, who do you think in the in a in in a project thistle sense, who would be the person in the fight, and what would it be about, and who would be the one in there trying to save the day?" Tom, since the a Raider Cup question, I'm going to come to you first.
4: I'm going to stick to a kind of a golf theme to it. So what I think might kick things off is it's players' golf day and Brian Graham's got a three-foot putt to win and Stuart Bannigan won't concede the, three and the three-foot putt. So Brian misses the putt. Yeah, I think it'll probably be in the car park. There'll be an altercation between Brian and Stuart Bannigan over Stuart not conceding. A putt that Brian thought he would he would hold quite comfortably, and who's going to be the the peacemaker? I I think we've got more guys that would quite relish the the chance of a bit of fusty cuffs in the car park than have peacemakers. Scott Robinson maybe he kind of strikes me as quite the the calm, more mature approach to it. So I'm going to go, and I think I'll be Brian and Stuart Bryan having the scrap, and Scott Robinson is the calm down guys.
1: Role for it all. Excellent choice, and uh, and I I definitely I mean it, it's hard to look past Brian Graham in um, in any sort of kind of spat of a rival. What about you, Jamie?
3: Yeah, I'm going to continue the Brian Graham theme. I think it would be him. I'm going to say if it's a thing during a game, Diggy Emery mouthing off on the side of the pitch, Brian Graham squaring up to him. Remember last season, we got that great photo of Scott Tiffany squaring up to Diggy Emery, which was pretty funny i think brian graham doing it would be a lot funnier because graham's like almost like a full foot taller than dougie emory so it'd be quite funny looking at him looking down at him uh who would be the one to break it up for someone that gets a lot of bookings stuart banning doesn't usually get bookings for like coming together with players i know at the weekend he got one with that's just because the referee was a bit a bit shite bag and did the classic yellow each even though hamilton just shoved banning and banging really doing in banning doesn't usually get bookings for like shoving players and altercations or whatever you don't really see him getting involved in that sort of thing he's usually kind of calm in those situations so i'd say he'd break it up or maybe even Kerr McEnroy. i don't really imagine him getting seems like quite a, quite a quiet guy anytime he's been interviewed quite a level-headed guy i don't see him getting involved in either but yeah brian graham and do game a match made in heaven for an altercation
1: well done jamie and reese what about you uh
2: there's brian graham i think maybe the most aggressive guy that i've ever seen not only play football for a part of the whistle, but just play football full stop. And I love that. I, I love the aggression that he plays with. Uh, I need that in my striker, I need that in my captain. Um, and I'm glad that our, our vice captain, Aaron Muirhead, is is no far off either. Um, I know sometimes it's a wee bit too hot-headed. And maybe need to reel it back a bit, but I don't mind it. Um so I, I always remember back to a game we played at Hamilton, I think it was a 6-1 game actually. And do you remember the photo of um, Brian Graham and Mihai Popescu like an inch away from each other's face like that? It's just funny. But if if I was to think of yeah, a peacemaker in that situation of the fight, um, I, I'm agreeing with Tom again, but we've got too many guys who would like to, to join in the fight. Um, I'd probably say Lewis Nielsen. Lewis Nielsen strikes me as a guy with hoddy jackets in that scenario. But aye, that's my answer.
1: I can't believe none of us have thought of Chris Doolin as, as the as as the peaceful person. I feel like he has got he just has that kind of aura around the place. And I'm, I'm, when we when I saw him on Saturday, when I was a little bit stressed, just seeing him and giving me a smile just oh, change, changes everything. I'm gonna go for a more of a a draw loser draw one. I think at some point uh, Matt's gonna lose his head with me for all this um, campaigning that I've been doing about um, who's a better host. And then I think David would be there as the as the Shane Lowry trying to trying to keep trying to breach the peace, which is enjoyable. Um, I have had my orders just to remind people that there will not be a weekly podcast next week, and um, and obviously there is a week off as well. So, but do not worry, you will not be without draw, Lose or draw. There will be something fun for you to have as well. Jamie, Tom, Reese, thank you so much for joining me to speak about an absolutely incredible weekend at our football club, both on and off the pitch. I look forward to um, hearing how we all fare in Inverness and seeing how we progress on our goal predicting tables. I hope everyone enjoyed the weekend um, at Firhill and Peters Hill as much as me and look forward to talking about more about Hair Game 2 in the future and also celebrating more thistle winds and clean sheets. Please give us feedback on the podcast. You can send us listener questions and we always enjoy them. In the meantime, stay safe. Have a great trip un- up to Inverness and... Please follow her game to online. Bye.